What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, we will be discussing the linebacking core a little bit, the performances of Bengali Kamara and Shane Simon in specific. And we will also talk a little bit about the Whippeal recruiting seat. Rodney Gallagher and Tamir Robinson are two top-rated guys, not just in the Whippeal, but also in the state of Pennsylvania. But they play in Pittsburgh. Could the Pitt Panthers somehow land both Gallagher and Robinson? We will be joined by John Garcia Jr., Locked On's recruiting expert for football. He will discuss that, how they project to the next level, and all that is going on there. It's all coming up today on this episode of the Locked On Pitt Podcast. Our Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, everybody. As always, if you are watching this on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, turn the notification bell. If you are listening to this, make sure to leave a review to all that good stuff. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day, folks. Always appreciate all the support I can get on this podcast. Now, today, we are talking a little bit more about the linebacker situation. This has been one of the things we have talked about a lot here over the spring. Again, if, if the offensive... Big question, and, and the big question on the offense has been the quarterbacks. The big question on the defense has been the linebackers. The big two positions of overturn on a team that returns a lot of its players, and that's makes these linebackers fairly interesting. And so Shane Simon, Bengali Kamara, Solomon DeShields, three guys that are likely to have significant roles, and we got to see them on Saturday in the spring game in significant capacity and why I want to really discuss these guys because we finally got a way to see how they're going to fit into this scheme and when we saw where we thought they were going to play and so Bengali Kamara at the money Shane Simon at the money that's a battle those two are going to battle it out and then you had Solomon DeShields at the star um, and so I just want to kind of go through these guys you know not super in-depth uh, but just you know kind of real quick rundown we'll go a little bit more in depth with them as the week progresses, uh, but I do want to discuss some of those whippy recruits, as I said earlier. So let me kind of run down a few of these key points that I got from each of these guys. And let's start out with Bengali Kamara, because I really thought he played a very good game in this one. Um, showcased, I think, some extremely good prowess in terms of the blitz game. Uh, felt aggressive, felt reckless, felt like how you want your blitzing linebacker to be. Just a guy that has that see ball, go get ball type of mentality that you really love in your in your linebackers. Especially in Pitt's scheme, you know, you really want your guys to just play as fast as they possibly can. And so that's what makes it so fun to look at. And so when Begali Kamara came out and played with that same type of you know, fervor that we saw, we really wanted him to play with. That's exactly what you needed to see. The guy is a very, very athletic player. He's going to go after it. He had the physical tools. The mental tools are starting to come together. He's starting to read things better. Everything's starting to slow down for Bengali Kamara. It feels like the necessary steps 
are coming for him. He needed to take those steps forward. Well, it feels like that it's coming true for Bengali Kamara. And so the, the, the part of him being a blitzer, I thought that was really good to see. I also thought he played downhill really well. I thought that this was a guy that you thought could be a really good run defender, showcase stuff in the Peach Bowl that he could be, and I thought he really was. Didn't see him a ton in coverage in this one, so can't really give you a super big update on that. But I did think downhill, being athletic, uh, as, and as a blitzer, I thought he played well, improved a lot of really good things in this one. So Bengali Kamara certainly checking off some boxes. Now also Shane Simon here getting that pick on Keaton Slovis. Really nice play there to step into the window. Kind of just saw it coming. And so Shane Simon, I thought if there was a big-time win in this one, this is 100% one of those big winners, right? And I mean this. This is one of those big big winners of this spring game he was phenomenal he was all over the field and he was consistent he didn't make many negative plays he was consistent as a blitzer he was consistent as a run defender and coverage he looked really solid had that pick where he just made a really nice read on that swing pass saw it come. he read it like just i mean it just seems like he had hawkeyes coming after it and this is really something that I saw with him at Notre Dame that was an issue, just not being able to read route concepts, just not being able to play with, you know, his head on straight. He was always very athletic, but the question with him was always going to be, man, are you going to be able to not be a net negative on the field? And he was more than not a net negative in this game, just everywhere. It felt like every time you turned around and he was in on the tackle, you knew he was there. And, and so he played at a really high level, Felt like one of those consistently high games for him. And just hadn't seen that much on the Notre Dame tape. So you hope that this is something that can continue because if it does continue, boy, I think Pickett have something really special here because the athletic traits that he brings to the table are just very rare. And you're not, you're not going to find a lot of athletic traits like the one Shane Simon has, just his height, his weight, and his speed. Just that type of combination is a special type of combination for Pitt to really have at that money spot. And he looked phenomenal, made a few great plays in the short yardage game where he just shot the gaps and played at such a high level. The guy looks phenomenal. So hopefully this continues through. Now I'm not, you know, all ready to say, yeah, he's ready to go. And this is going to be the big resurgence of, I'm not ready to say it's just, you know, a short snippet of maybe what he's done all spring, but I thought he looked really good in this game. So uh, kudos to him, and that was a big thing I was looking for, and I'm really happy to see him playing well. Now, Solomon DeShields also, I thought, was the big question. This is my first time really seeing him and his ability to cover tight ends and running backs, and he was asked to do this a lot. And he played in that nickel role almost, and you saw it. And the big play that I got from him was when he – went up the scene with Gavin Bartholomew. Keaton Slovis tried to fit it in in a tight window, and he probably could have if he had just thrown it a little bit more. You could argue Bartholomew should have caught it, but it would have been a heck of a catch. It wasn't really about the coverage, though. The coverage was just great on that play, and he was really keeping up with Bartholomew. He was keeping up with whatever tight end was in front of him. The running backs really never got open against him. He looked good in that area. Now, they didn't test his change of direction a ton, which was a little bit of a bummer to me. Didn't get to see how he could flip. Um, but he can. He has his raw speed, and he has the ability to make plays on the ball. And, and that was something that I saw that was a really good thing. 
I, I thought Solomon DeShields, again, still kind of a question mark, but the athletic traits are there. Uh, he's going to be the starting star linebacker. I mean, it really is going to be that, unless Tyler Wiltz comes in here and just plays his butt off uh, in, in the summer. But he looked solid. I didn't see him flash as much as a Simon or a Kamara, but I thought when he showed up, he made good plays, and I didn't see him as a true net negative either. So that is a good thing to look at. Now, other guys, you know, not a lot of players uh, in this room that played that are going to be significant contributors. Um, I thought that Aiden Henningham had a few nice plays sticking in there in the run defense, uh, really bulked up, could take on some blocks. And I thought that was really good. Uh, he, he shed a few nice blocks at the second level, proved to me he could play uh, in, on downhill and, and, and in there. Uh, so I think that was really good. And he could be that guy at the star linebacker position that you look at. Brandon George had a few really nice sticks, had a, had a, a huge hit um, late in the game, which was really a flashy play. Um, looked solid as well. So this linebacker room continues to look fine to me, and, and I think that this linebacker room could be fine moving forward. Now, though, I do want to talk about some of the Whippeal guys coming in, John Garcia Jr. joining us. But first, let me let you guys know about Built Bar because, folks, Built Bar is the first ever protein-infused marshmallow, and it has that. It's called the Built Bar Puffs. The Built Bar Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. All Built Bars, though, are covered in 100% real chocolate, including the puffs. So if you want a protein bar that is both covered in chocolate, 100% real chocolate, at that, but you also get the health benefits, you can use Built Bar because Built Bar tastes like a candy bar, but has all the health benefits you want from an actual protein bar. It's low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, high in protein. You get all you want with Built Bar. So all you have to do is go to Built.com right now, use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, that's all you have to do is go to Built.com right now, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 50% off at Built.com. Welcome back here to the Locked On Pit Podcast, everybody. Welcoming in a very special guest, John Garcia Jr., the Locked On Recruiting Insider Football John, how are you doing today? We're talking some Whippeal prospects here as well. Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, always fun to, to talk about kids in that area. I mean, you guys know uh, this is one of the more underrated, under-recruited, you know, any term you want to throw out there area in the country. You, you watch college football, you watch the NFL, and you understand the talent that, that comes from Pittsburgh in particular. Uh, so I'm always looking to, to expand my, my skill set and, and knowledge base there. So good to be on with you to help me do it. Yeah, and two of those Whippeal guys that I'm sure Pitt fans are very interested in are Tamir Robinson and, of course, Rodney Gallagher. Gallagher, if you are talking about the crown jewel to who Pitt fans won, if you remember two years ago, that probably was Elliot Donald. I think now this year, 2023, if there is one recruit Pitt fans want to land, it is Rodney Gallagher. Now, there's a few different things about Gallagher. It's kind of uncertain where he's going to play, uh, but I think it's receiver. And then there's the question of, How's his recruitment looking? But first, I, I, let's go to an uh, evaluation standpoint. First of all, where do you see him playing at the next level? What type of role do you see him fitting into? And, and kind of how do you see this all playing out for him? I think the the position projection is is as interesting, or maybe for, for a nerd like me, more interesting than where he ends up. I know Pitt fans probably don't want to hear that. But, you know, Gallagher's a jack-of-all-trades. You know, uh, when a kid has to post, hey, I'm, I'm focusing on one sport, 
<laughs> and that's going to be football. Like that, that's a heck of a start in looking into a prospect, obviously a great basketball player as well. And then you turn on the Friday night tape and you see quarterback play, DB play, return. Game. I mean, he does every single thing on the football field. So that could always translate to a, a variety of positions, especially with his frame, you know, six foot, what, 185 or so, Nick, that's not about right. Um, you know, that can translate all over the secondary or certainly on offense at any of the skill positions. But in this day and age, especially with that quarterback experience, wide receiver makes a lot of sense. I think the slot makes a lot of sense. Just kind of a gadget guy uh, to use somewhere in that explosive pit offense or really they'll sell him on that wherever he ends up. You know, the IQ, I think, along with the physical trait, starts to measure very highly. Uh, when you think of a kid like this and and just like we say in basketball that that's starting to play more and more important in the game of football we all know it's widening out in terms of the spread look and that 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 element where it's about the mental it's about angles it's about leverage just as much as it is about raw power and explosiveness and all the fun stuff that people go crazy on you know this time of year with the nfl combine and the draft coming up but a kid like gallagher is smart he understands the small details uh, in football. And, and if it's not going to be quarterback or safety, I do think slot receiver or wide receiver in general makes a lot of sense. And I think the rushing production over a thousand yards last year starts to lead you into some of that slot stuff. Because again, in this modern age, the slot is almost an extension of the running game. You're talking bubble screens, jet sweeps, quick hitters, hitches, things that just are, Hey, let's just get the ball in this guy's hands in some space. And that running experience from the quarterback position, I think starts to lean towards slot receiver more than the secondary, which a year ago would probably have been the projection relative to his experience. But but he'll be fascinating both as an evaluation and as a recruit in terms of where he ends up. Yeah, and I think Gallagher is interesting in that way because, as, as you said, I feel like a slot receiver, and for Pitt specifically, can slide right into that Jordan Addison role. Uh, that's what I see him as. I think that they run a lot of bubble screens, Frank, and he runs a lot of play action, you know, get him over the middle of the field, get him in space. That's the type of stuff I think Gallagher is looking at. Now – for in terms of his recruitment, what are you feeling? What are you hearing? This one is kind of a, a battle, and and local, you know, local have gotten involved. Uh, Texas has gotten involved. Michigan is involved. Wisconsin, Notre Dame, but there's also those three Pittsburgh area: Pitt, Penn State, West Virginia. Of course, we are locked on Pitt. So, how do you feel about <laughs> Rocky Geller? How do you feel about Pitt? Where do you feel about him going? I think the geography is huge in this whole conversation. You know, when, when you're so close and you gave me the scoop on just how close he is to both Pitt and West Virginia, it just, it brings such a different element to, to the game. You know, you go to other parts of the country and when, when you're within a quick drive, a quick lunchtime drive, I call it, away from a school, it really changes just that consistency of that pitch, you know? So I do think those two schools and Penn State sprinkled in a little bit, just at least, you know, somewhat close to home. I do think those schools have an advantage uh, for a kid like this, especially when you talk about one who is so known in that league, two sport guy. I mean, these are just some of the things that fit these area schools. But of course, you know, these blue bloods from outside of the region get involved and they're going to have a say. But I always say with them, you got to get them on campus. You know, you got to to take some official visits. And I think that's where when you talk about Gallagher's timeline, especially now that he's focused on football, it seems like it's going to speed up. Uh, I think this uh, the off season in April, now that we can take official visits or see kids take official visits, I think you're going to see his visits start to pick up. I know he was just at West Virginia again, but I'm talking if he gets to Notre Dame, if he gets to Texas, Michigan, I think could be interesting. They've had success 
with two sport, uh, you know, dual threat type of guys on the, on the skill set side. I do think that could be an interesting X factor. Obviously, Big Ten ACC is probably where he's most familiar just in terms of, of watching college football. I think they'll factor in, but I do think it will always come back to the local schools regionally. I think the pandemic shifted recruiting towards local schools as to where before it was all about taking these early officials all over the country. My family can travel. It was kind of just no big deal. But now all those little details have become that much harder to navigate logistically. So I think we've seen it over the last two cycles where the the, the local schools have much more pull than, than maybe they had since the pre-social media era where people just didn't know about recruiting as much in terms of kids out of the region. Now everyone knows about them, but because of logistics and how much that's changed in our country, I do think that the local angle plays a little bit better. So it's kind of chalk, but I do see this as, as those three you mentioned. I think Pitt, Penn State, and I think West Virginia is kind of the wild card. You know, I think they're the school between the three maybe with the most to, to gain or lose this season on the field. So I do think that creates an urgency in recruiting, particularly in the offseason. So if you're West Virginia, you're pedal to the metal. Let's try to get Gallagher on board immediately as to where Pitt and Penn State are coming off of, of pretty successful seasons. And of course, particularly with Pitt uh, coming off of that ACC championship where they, they have stability. They, Narduzzi signed the extension. I mean, there's, there's a different approach, a more longstanding approach with Gallagher. So in recruiting, that tells us one thing. The longer it goes, the better for, for me, Pitt and, and Penn State. The quicker it goes, maybe you feel better if you're a Mountaineer fan. Yeah, and I think that's about as semblant as perfectly put uh, that I could have. <laughs> and I, I said that's, that's about a good feeling on that Rodney Gallagher situation. All right, folks, interrupting this segment real quick to let you guys know about Rock Auto with the ever number increasing of makes and miles is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to Rock Auto coming home and in your pocket. Save time and money while using Rock Auto and you don't have to spend 30, 50 or even 100% more for the same parts or chains parts in your car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com years actually down the line has a few really good guys coming in and one of those guys this year is tamir robinson who is again from the pittsburgh area a little bit further away from gallagher but robinson probably more of an edge type played safety um but probably is going to project more as an edge rusher uh, at the next level uh, what do you feel about his projection where how he's going to play at the next level kind of an interesting fit a very a guy that needs to get in a clearly needs to get in a college weight training program but i think very fascinating player another one where it's like depending on the school you could see the position projection going either way 63 what is he 215 right now i mean he he can obviously stand to gain some weight depending on where he lines up but 
that's okay. You want a guy who can run like a safety, uh, like Robinson can, but maybe bulk up to play linebacker. Again, we just talked about it with Gallagher in the modern era. If we're getting offensive guys in space, we need defensive guys who can chase them down. So if you can bulk up safeties into linebackers and bulk up linebackers into pass rushers, now all of a sudden you have a better chance at attacking the passing game from the quarterback perspective or obviously corralling some of these guys in space. Uh, but I do think with Robinson, it's probably more narrow. Like it's probably more uh, of a linebacker, maybe edge situation. I do think he's an off ball guy, a second level guy um, who can maybe play some coverage on third down. So it, it's not just about bulking up to rush the passer. You bulk up to, to backpedal and do some of those safety things that, that he's already done in his high school experience. Uh, and I think that's why his recruitment will be so interesting because that type of prospect we've seen have success at both Pitt and Penn State, which I do think are kind of the two here uh, in this recruitment, as, as far as I can tell from that 30,000 foot view. So I think you can sell that at either coaching staff, whether you're Narduzzi or Franklin. I think that's why it's going to be fascinating with him. I could see it going quicker in terms of the decision than, than maybe uh, with a Rodney Gallagher at this point too. So if you're a Pitt fan, you, you want Gallagher more, maybe, you know, he's maybe the more popular recruit, but in terms of the timeline, I think, you know, keeping a closer eye on Robinson could be worth it. Cause I do think it could be a, a more, a narrow battle in terms of the blue bloods nationally, not jumping in just yet. Uh, and, and one that maybe ends a little bit sooner. Yeah. And you, and you said it, I mean, Clearly, Pitt has had that safety to linebacker connection. Uh, Phil Campbell, John Patrician, uh, like there are a ton of guys that have done that mm -hmm. for them. Uh, that have ended up being really, really good linebackers. I mean, heck, their whole linebacking core right now, half of it is literally converted safeties. Right. Uh, so, like Robinson's right down their aisle, and he's right in their backyard. And so it makes sense. And as, as I said, I think Pitt, Penn State, probably in there now. Robinson's a little bit different than Gallagher in that it almost seems like Gallagher has kind of kept it local um you know hasn't traveled a ton other though but here's the thing with i think robinson is he's gone to ohio state he's gone you know he's he's looked at schools outside uh, i think Ole miss is involved uh, tennessee yeah, miami yeah, yeah miami's involved usc's involved um like all these different schools texas is also involved there uh, Notre dame obviously but you have kentucky um kentucky somewhat important here because tyrese fearbry is there um and he good friends with Tyrese Fearbry. Um, so that's, that's something to watch as well. Um, but strikes me as, as another guy that I think is kind of in that local area. A lot of these whippy old guys usually stay home or go to Notre Dame, Michigan, somewhere around there. But I think Ohio state might be a wild card here. If he has a really good year and maybe tries to hold off a little bit, maybe more towards sure. national signing day. Um, that's kind of my feel, but let's, let me go over uh, just to general whippy recruiting. Uh, the Whippeals looking pretty good right now. Uh, I mean, it was down for a few years, and now it's kind of got these four stars coming up. For Pitt, off an ACC championship, uh, you know, they recruit Florida really hard. They recruit Georgia hard. They have recruited the 757 pretty hard, Buffalo, New York. Um, they've tried to get in Ohio. They're trying to get into Texas a little bit. But having these recruits in your own backyard, I mean, for Pitt, coming off an ACC championship, trying to become that clear, say, two to Clemson, who is the clear one in the ACC, Pitt's trying to claim that no-two spot and be thought of as that no-two spot. How important is it for them to land these guys in the whippy? Just in general, Nick, like perception is so important in recruiting. You know, we as we get older, we, we still talk about the same age group, but I think that's always worth refreshing. Like, these are teenagers. These are teenagers who are kind of – looking around, right? They're like, oh, my buddy's going to pit. Oh, 
my other buddies going to Penn State. You know, those things really do matter in recruiting, especially in a metro like that, that is so popular in terms of good football, but also like transient, right? That you got pro teams mixed in, multiple college teams that pluck from that area. Uh, so it is very important in recruiting. Uh, and if you're pit, it's just like, if not now, then when? Right. We know the ACC has been a roller coaster over the last decade. FSU had its dominance. It has certainly shifted to Clemson over the last, you know, five, six, seven years. And now, as you said, Pitt is competing to be that counter to, to the Tigers coming off of a title. If not now, in terms of locking down that area, when will it happen? You know, it's really hard to, to fathom when something like this can line up for Pitt. I think that's why the timing of the extension with Arduzzi was so big. I mean, look, Kenny Pickett's about to go early in the NFL draft. All the things that kids want to see, winning, stability, NFL potential, all those things are lining up right now for Pitt. And it's, and it's all over the place. It used to, you know, five years ago, it was like more defensively, right? We talked about a lot of great defensive players. Now it's, it's all over the place with Pitt, offense and defense. And there is that stability. So I think it, you have to strike in this class. It doesn't mean you have to get all of them. Uh, but you do have to get the majority of the ones that that Pitt really wants to contend for. Um, as you mentioned, you're going to go outside of the footprint, but you got to take care of home first. I mean, that's cliche. Every coach believes in it, uh, but there's a reason for that. And I think you, you have to strike in this class of 2023. That's why I think the earlier some of these guys elect to make a decision, the better for Pitt in particular, because it, it is, you don't want to say the word safe, but it, it's kind of a known commodity. You know what you're getting. And, and that peace of mind, particularly with high school coaches and parents, which are just as important in the decision-making process, is very, very important in this day and age of, of fluidity. I mean, last fall, everybody was taken aback by all of the movement in, in the college game. So having a program that isn't involved in much of that is, is really a rarity in this day and age. So Pitt has to strike with this 23 class, and I think it'll help them have one of the better groups we've seen them put together. Yeah, and as you said, again, they have guys in their own backyard. Would, this is the year if Pitt is going to, say, take off in that recruiting scale, this is the year to do it. Coming off an ACC championship, you would expect to see the bump that should come. All right, folks, that was John Garcia Jr. here on the Locked on Pitt podcast. Make sure to follow him at John Garcia underscore Jr. And make sure to check his stuff out as well. We'll have him on every week here, try to talk about Pitt recruiting, give you guys more insight, especially since Pitt is starting to ramp up their recruiting side. Well, folks, that was our episode today with John Garcia Jr. As always, he is fantastic. We'll have him on here more and more over this offseason and in the season to talk a little bit about recruiting as it continues to unfold. And folks, as always, thank you for listening to the Locked on Pit podcast. And as we end it, as always, hail to Pit.